You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Uh, we're coming to the end of our, our series that we've been doing called Beyond Us. And uh, last week, um, Kathy spoke amazingly on what it means to live in the workplace, what it means to work that God created us for work, to do work, and uh, she expanded on that brilliantly about how God is redeeming our workplaces and our, our day-to-day um, lives, and it was wonderful. Tom, the week before, spoke about our inherent selfishness and what it means to, uh, for us to be self-involved and selfish and inward-looking, and today I'm going to follow on from that and look how we can remedy that. How can we remedy our kind of selfishness? And we're going to look at what it means to love others, what it means to serve others, what it means to encounter God in that place. Okay, so in 2005, I fell in love with the survivors of a plane crash on a mysterious island in the South Pacific. Um, I... To say I was a little bit addicted to Lost would be a little bit lying. Um, I love this show. This this is probably my favourite show of all time. Favourite show of all time. I love Lost. And the Lost is is a story of a bunch of people who are on an airplane and they crash land on a mysterious island in the South Pacific. And they are a bunch of broken, messed up, selfish, um, individualistic people. And they land on this island and... Uh, they come from these kind of unsatisfied, unfulfilled lives and in, deep within all of them is this longing, this, this yearning for more. And uh, here's a scene from one of the early episodes. It's been six days. We're all still waiting waiting for someone to come. But what if they don't? We have to stop waiting. We need to start figuring things out. A woman died this morning just going for a swim. And he tried to save her and now you're about to crucify him? We can't do this. Every man for himself is not going to work. It's time to start organizing. We need to figure out how we're going to survive here. Now I found water. Fresh water up in the valley. I'll take a group in at first light. If you don't want to come, then find another way to contribute. Last week, most of us were strangers. But we're all here now. And God knows how long we're going to be here. But if we can't live together, we're going to die alone. Oh, 
Oh, I could watch the whole episode. Um, <laughs> and so the story of Lost that pans out is the story of these independent, broken, unfulfilled people ultimately coming together, at first to survive on an island, but then increasingly to help each other grow, get over their pasts, get over their hurts, get over their brokenness, get over their selfishness, to become interdependent rather than independent. And eventually they end up healing each other, fixing each other, um, and freeing each other from the past that they've escaped from. And two lines stick out from that clip to me. When we're talking about beyond us, when we're looking at what it means to love others, and that's every man for himself is not going to work. And we need to live together or we're going to die alone. We're going to look at 2 Peter today. Um, this is Peter's letter uh, that he wrote to the church. In, um, the, one of the differences between Peter and Paul is that when Paul writes his letters, he writes them to a specific church with specific people in a specific place. So he's often dealing with issues, he's often writing to specific scenarios and contexts, whereas the, the letters that Peter wrote were really for everyone to read. They were for the whole of the church to read. And we're going to read from here in 2 Peter verse uh, chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Peter's letter to the entire church. This is Peter's letter to every believer. Do we see what Peter's saying here? If you want to participate in the divine nature, if you want to be like God, if you want to be like Jesus, if you want to be like him, you want to be active in the kingdom of God, if you want to be holy, then you need to make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to that knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection and love. If you want to participate in the divine nature, you need to grow in mutual affection and love and this is the stinger, that last verse. But if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hear what he's saying. You will be ineffective and unproductive in knowing God if you do not grow in love. Peter is saying that your ability to love others directly relates to your ability to know and encounter and grow in understanding of him. Now, 
that's not to say that salvation is ever at stake. Our ability to love does not affect our ability to be saved. Our ability to love does not in any way affect our ability to be accepted and welcomed and loved by God. Ever. That's just not in doubt. But it's more like this. If you are not in relationship and fellowship with others, if you do not grow in loving others, you limit your opportunities to experience God. Every relationship is an encounter with God. Every time you interact with any other human being, you are having an encounter with the image of God. Every person on this earth is created in the image of God and carries his mark and his likeness. When Jesus, um, when, sorry, when God made us in, in, in Genesis 1, he says that we are blessed and we are good. Every time you interact with another human being, you are having an interaction with the image of God, with his likeness, with his mark. Every time you interact with another believer, you are having an encounter with the Spirit of God. Every believer has Christ living in them, the Spirit of God dwelling inside of them. Every believer is a carrier of the presence of God. So if you want to experience more of the presence of God, if you are set on knowing Him more and seeing more of Him, then you need to be around other people. Interacting with them, engaging with them, in relationship with them. The very Christian, old English word for this is fellowship. Not just passing people on a Sunday or in the aisle at Publix and trying to remember what their name is. But being in deep, profound, committed relationship to others. Every man for himself is not going to work. And I think we've bought into a mindset, a mindset that says that we encounter God in two places. Firstly, we encounter Him alone, in the private, in the personal, in the intimate, in the disciplined, in prayer, in soaking, in retreat from the world, in our quiet times, in our time alone with Him. And we encounter God, the presence of God there. Yes? That's the first area where we encounter God. The second is the corporate, is church, is Sunday, is the gathering, is the temple experience that we experience in worship and teaching and ministry and gathering together. And I think we quickly say that they are the two areas where we meet God and encounter God, right? I think, for me personally, that's where I encounter Him most in both those two areas. But I think there is a crucial third. And that's in fellowship and relationship. In giving and receiving. In the sharing of home and food. In the days and months and years of knowing and being known. And I think if, if we, if I, cannot add this third arena of meeting God. Mutual affection and love, as Peter puts it then I will be ineffective and unproductive in knowing more of him. In knowing more. Think of it this way. 
if, you, if the only way you experience God is through your own personal relationship with him, or at what people tell you, or you experience on a Sunday, then that is, is limited. It's limited by your, your imagination. It's limited by your creativity. It's limit, limited by your experiences, your understanding. But when you open yourself up to a community, when you open yourself up to a relationship to people, when you open yourself up to love others and to be loved by others, you open yourself up to a million new ways of knowing, seeing, understanding and experiencing Him. You get everybody else's imagination. You get everybody else's creativity. You get everybody else's understanding. And everyone else's experiences too. God's intention for us is not that we just have a series of spiritual encounters in the private or the corporate, but that we, as he puts it, as Peter puts it, in that verse, that we partake in the divine nature, that we participate in the divine nature. In Ephesians 4, it says this, 4 and 5, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We are called to participate in the divine nature, to be like him, to be like him. And to be like him is to be in constant relationship. Our private encounters with God are us and God. Us and God. Our corporate encounters are us, together, and God. But relational encounters, our relationships with others, they are you, me, and God. They are relational. They are moving. They have moving pieces and different opinions and different multi-layered nuances they are essentially trinitarian they are you me and god and that is how god is father son and spirit think about what jesus says in matthew 18 there's there's a verse that that we use for other reasons we often use it and apply it to the gathering like this and that's when jesus says where two or three are gathered in my name there i am with them and we take that verse to be like, whenever we come together to worship, then he, here he is with us, and that's true. But the context of that verse is that Jesus isn't talking about the temple gathering. He's not talking about the gathering, the, you know, the wider gathering of believers. He is talking about relationships. He's talking about actually difficult relationships, how to address one another, how to confront one another, how to deal with one another's issues. <clears throat> and in that context, he says, as you deal with each other, as you love each other, where two or three of you agree in my name, there I am with you. My presence is there with you. I am there with you. He's talking about relationship and fellowship. If you want to see more of God, if you want to experience more of Him, and I hope you do, then we need to add that crucial third. We need to be 
meeting others, knowing others, experiencing others, sharing home and food and life with one another. I came across a, a poem that illustrates this. It's called Footprints in the Sand. You might have heard it. I'm going to read it to you. Not funny. <laughs> this is serious. This is serious. This is serious. Okay, so I'm going to read this poem. One night, one night I dreamed I was walking along the beach with the Lord, and many scenes from my life flashed across the sky. In each scene, I noticed footprints in the sand. Sometimes there were two sets of footprints, and other times there were only one set of footprints. And this bothered me, because I noticed that during the low periods of my life, when I was suffering from anguish, sorrow, or defeat, I could only see one set of footprints. So I said to the Lord, You promised me, Lord, that if I followed you, you would walk with me always. But I have noticed that during the most trying periods of my life, there have only been one set of footprints in the sand. Why, when I needed you most, you have not been there for me? And the Lord replied, The times when you have seen only one set of footprints, this is when I was loving the lost, feeding the hungry, standing with the oppressed and grieving, you self-obsessed, you couldn't maybe. <laughs> A beautiful poem. I, I might have changed the ending a bit. <laughs> my, my point is this. There is a point. <laughs> my point is this. Often when we're wondering in our lives, where is God? God, where are you? When we are looking for an encounter with him that just isn't happening, when we're looking to meet him and know him in a way that just isn't happening, the encounter he wants us to have is in the middle of fellowship and knowing others and loving others and serving others. When you love people, when you love people, you see more of God. When you serve others, you see more of God. When you feed the hungry, you see more of God. When you grieve with the mourning, you see more of God. When you love people, you see more of God. I know that's true in my life. When I sacrifice, when I give, when I give my time, when I serve others, when I bless others, when I share the things I have, I see more of God. The easiest thing in the world for me is to sit at home and watch sport and do nothing else. It's also the best thing, but it's certainly the easiest thing. It's not the best thing, but it's certainly the easiest thing but that's not where life is, that's not where faith is, that's not where I'm going to encounter Jesus, encounter the Lord. It's in relationship with others. You want to find God, you want to see God, spend more time with the poor. You want to see God, spend more time with people, in relationship, in fellowship, have people around for dinner. You want to see more of God? Do that. And we, I mean, there is nothing, the time of worship we had this morning is just incredible sensational but every day is not like that 
You can't meet together and gather together like that every day. But that doesn't mean that encounters like that are restricted to Sundays. They're not. I don't believe that. I don't think that's what Peter's teaching here. I think what Peter's teaching is that as you grow in love and mutual affection, as you participate in the divine nature, you will see more of God. You will be effective and productive in knowing more of God. And maybe you've had lots of encounters with God in the past. Maybe you've had numerous encounters in your personal times or in your, um, in, on a Sunday, you know, Sunday experiences and you've encountered God many times, but maybe more recently they've dried up. They've dried up. Well, this is perhaps where we can follow Peter's advice. And if we're being ineffective and unproductive in knowing more of unproductive in knowing more of God, then maybe we need to pursue other people. Maybe we need to step out of our homes, step out of our our own little worlds, our own little kingdoms, and start to bless others, know others. This is my final question. What do you want? What do I want? Do I want to know God? Do I want to see more of Him? Do I want to see Him in ways that I haven't even begun to imagine? Do I want to be like Him? Yes, I do. Do I want to be loving and faithful and gracious and holy? Mm-hmm. I do then I need to love others then I need to be with others then I need to stand with others I need to open my home I need to share my meals and my things I need to take a step I need to walk across the room I need to say hey I'm David who are you every man for himself is not going to work Every man for himself is not going to work. One of the key phrases in that whole lost, in the whole series, six seasons of lost, I keep coming back to it, back to it, is that you live together or you die alone. And what that means for us is we either find life together or we find lifelessness alone. We either find life together, we find him, we find goodness, we find healing together or we don't or we live alone and isolated you know trying to trying to be a Christian trying to find God trying to see him I like fire who likes fire yeah I like fire you get a piece of wood and you light it on fire it gets pretty hot right because fire's hot so you get you get a piece of wood and light it on fire and it gets pretty hot. I don't know if you've ever made fires in a fire pit or a chimney or in your not that you need to really do it in in your home in Florida, but you might you might maybe you live somewhere else. But you get a piece of wood and you get it on fire. The fire gets pretty hot. But if you get coals, if you get coals together, a whole bunch of coals together, and you get them hot. They get white hot. They get so hot. So much hotter than just a piece of wood on on fire, right? You get coals together, on fire, together. Man, 
That's hot. That's white hot. But if you take one of those coals and you take it out of that fire, how quickly, how cool does that become? Straight away, it just within minutes you can touch it. Not hot at all. That is what it's like. That is what it's like being the body of Christ. That's what it's like being in fellowship with others. If you want passion for God, if you want hunger for God, you want to know, you want to see his kingdom, you need to be with others. The only way. As soon as you come out of that fire, you grow cold. And I don't want to grow cold. Why don't we stand? In our church, we like to... um, we like to pray for each other at the end of our meetings or after we've had a talk and what, what we're going to do is we're going to do that I'm going to invite people forward and in this time if, I mean if you if God's speaking to you if he's doing business with you today and you want to carry on you want to pursue him you want to hear more then come up it may be something I've said maybe it was the incredible time of worship earlier Maybe you're in a stage of life where you need to make a big decision or there's just a lot going on and you need a touch of God. It doesn't matter, whatever reason. Maybe you, maybe you want physical healing. You know, we've seen some incredible healings recently and maybe you want physical healing. Maybe you want just God to do something inside of you. Whatever it is, you can come forward. But I'm going to invite people as well, specifically, who want to grow in mutual affection and love. Who have been great at pursuing, people, at pursuing God in the personal and also the corporate. But you know, you know that there's this third place that you need to grow in. You need to, you need to see more of God. And you know that you haven't seen it in relationships. And so I'm going to invite you forward. So if you're on the ministry team or if you want to come forward for prayer for any reason, then why don't you begin to come forward? I think God has an awful lot for us today. I think we've seen an awful lot already. I think there's a a lot more. If this is new to you, if you've never seen this before, all we do is we're just going to spend a moment asking God to move. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to, to move in the room and inside of us lead us towards him do whatever he wants to do you might find it easy to you know you might find it helpful to put your hands out just as a sign to God saying I receive what you have for me you don't have to do that come Holy Spirit Holy Spirit. 
the deepest desire of this church is to know God and worship Him and glorify Him. Glorify you, Father. The deepest longing of my heart, of our heart, is you. You. We are hungry for more. We are hungry for more. As we pursue you in our lives, as we gather here together, but also in our body, in our community, in our relationships, we are hungry for more of you, Lord. Where two or three are gathered, there you are. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Lead us out of our selfishness. Lead us out of our isolation. Lead us out of our little kingdoms and into your kingdom. Um. Come, Holy Spirit. On the ministry team, why don't you begin to move around? The ministry team is just gonna it's a team of people that are trained. They're just gonna put a hand on people's shoulders and just pray. Just invite God to come, invite the Holy Spirit. Say more Lord. But this is what's driving us, this is what I feel like God's doing. This is about hunger for him. This is about knowing Him. This is about experiencing God. This is about love. Loving Him and loving others. This isn't about feeling guilty. This isn't about serving. This is about Him. About His kingdom. So come Holy Spirit. wait. We just wait for God to do whatever He wants to do. Sometimes that happens quickly, sometimes you know. We just wait. Has the power to raise the dead Thank you.